Welcome back. You are listening to Cast for Season 10. For Episode 17, Inside Man. Episode 18, Book of the Damned. And Episode 19, The Werther Project. Welcome back to Idiotcast. I am one of your newbies, Paul Mackey, in my living room in Duluth, Minnesota, with my lovely wife, Darcy. Hello. She's about to enjoy some tea. Oh yeah. All right. And we're also joined uh, over in Brooklyn by our expert Bianca. Hello. And in New Orleans by our other newbie, Yvette. Hey, y'all. Hey, how's everybody doing? I can hear that tea pouring. Ooh. Looks good. All right, herbal tea. Herbal, herbal tea. Tree. It's it is. Well, I mean, I guess you, none of you could be listening to this at any time of day or night, but this is at night. It Here. is evening. <laughs> we are trying to wind down so I can get up and go to work at five. Caffeine free. Yes. Locally sourced herbs. Yes. Most of them she she grows herself. Oh yes. So pretty cool. Okay. Uh, well, we're back again. This is uh, roughly a little less than two weeks, actually, since our last recording. Uh, that hasn't been released yet, but it should be in the next day or two. So that's pretty cool. Kind of back at it for a little while here. We'll see how this goes. Yes. Well, do we want to jump right in? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, yeah. We're starting with uh, 1017 Inside Man, which is... Um, this is the one where Bobby's back. Of course it is. And I have to be honest, Paul and I were both like, oh, man, if that's going to hate this. <laughs> and then it progressed a little more. We're like, oh, she's really going to hate this. <laughs> I, I thought he was gone for good. But, yeah. but, you know, I knew he was coming back. The only reason that I thought that is because... Um, I have a friend who's a huge Supernatural fan, and she did have uh, some photo ops at one of the conventions. Well, just because the actor's not dead doesn't mean that Well, I realize that, but, back. I mean, it was really long after he had been part of that. So well, uh, People still show up for, uh, like, Captain Kirk comes to Star Trek conventions on occasion. But he's Captain Kirk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I can't really imagine wanting to take, like, a fan shot with Bobby. But, you know, if people do, that's alternative lifestyles. I understand that. <laughs> alternative lifestyles! I don't know if it was this this occasion or sometime in the past, because we've been, I've been on and off of this podcast for a long time, between back in the days with Allie and everything. So, um, I'm not sure when I saw the tweet, but I did see a tweet from, uh, from uh, Jim Beaver at some point saying, ah, back in back in uh, Vancouver again for my uh, annual appearance. <laughs> I was like, well, I probably shouldn't know that, but I guess I don't know much because of that. So. 
So he'll show up every once in a while. If, oh, if, no, annual appearance is going to keep coming back I don't again. Know. Well, maybe. Well, I mean, like God. only five more times. There, there's, there's already been a couple of <laughs> annual appearances. This might be the last annual appearance. Oh, I hope so. Come on, just stay in heaven. You don't have to but, come back. But they, but they, but they've just wrapped up a, a season where they knew it was the end. So I imagine that knowing it's the end gets, makes you bring back people. I don't know. And they had another uh, like benchmark uh, centennial in that. So no comment. Hmm. Hmm. I figured. So okay, wait. Just this is uh, a modern day, like not season ten question. Is it over now? Did they cancel it finally? I believe they've wrapped for the end. Yes. Yeah, so, well, yeah, I would, I think the, the the boys decided that they were done, and that was when they decided to end it. Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> but I'd heard some like whisperings, but I didn't want to like look it up because you know. Yeah, I don't know if it's spoilery for us to know this, but uh, yeah, apparently yeah, they. Uh... I know that um, season fifteen had stopped shooting for a while because of COVID, mm-hmm. um, and so the episodes that were being aired were put on hold, I believe. But now, I know that it has returned, which I think means it has returned to airing because they've been able to pick up shooting again um and so like they're gonna finally be able to tie it all up yeah but i mean i believe i believe they started this season knowing this was the final season so they've been able to write for it the entire time i've been shocked that people are filming again it's crazy i see film crews all over the city and i'm just like what is going on this must be so wild um but one of my neighbors, the guy that lives like two houses down from me, is like a cameraman, and he says that they make them get tested like literally every week. Which... Every, yeah, and I, I was would like, imagine that. that. You guys, yeah. one of my anything. friends' roommates is is that she works in TV and it's constant. <sighs> yeah, that's got to be so hard to deal with because those are not fun. You guys so. just don't have anybody in, really, do you? Yeah, well, there's barely anybody there. Um, they do the shoots where there's like. I mean, we have three cameras, but there's usually only one or two cameramen there. You know, like, they, they like, okay, go over to camera two and refocus it on those two guests and that kind of thing. And, that makes uh, sense. Like, if you're, like, in a sort of a small group. Yeah. We are going back to doing live, an actual one actual live show this week, but that's Doctors on Call, and I imagine they're probably pretty well tested as well. And conscientious. Very conscientious. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll find out, won't we? Yeah, and then I guess uh, Duluth uh, cases are we we're we're record high for what we've had, so it's starting to spike here. Yeah, our county our county is spiking, and they say most of the cases in the county are in Duluth. It's our it's our first wave. You know, we really have been lucky up till now. So, you know, no, no, fictional hell, fictional hell. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry. sorry. Fictional, <laughs> fictional, fictional. Uh, yeah, we haven't even really started. Uh, Okay, well, I'll start reading stuff that I wrote down. Uh, The people over at Supernatural can't hold off on the fact that this is a Bobby episode and play out a bit of a scene from later in the cold open. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's pretty much exactly... I mean, there's there's virtually nothing that's in this scene that is not already repeated later in the episode. Yeah, and it was was really much identical, wasn't it? Maybe a little different. I mean, the, the, well, the, the the return to it showed some of the more of the before and the after of okay. what was happening right there, but it wasn't all that different. Yep. 
And maybe there was a ton of rumors or something, so they were like, well, we're not hiding it, so we're not going to bury it later in the episode and try to sneak it past people. Right. Maybe. Something like that. Uh, Sam feels that Dean is getting worse. So he contrives a fake non-nudie French movie to allegedly go see that Dean wouldn't possibly want to see so he can meet up with Castiel and seek Metatron's aid. Remember him? Oh, Booger's back. <laughs> yep. He's getting better. Yeah. Uh, they weren't able to get the actress back to play Hannah, so there's a scene in the gate playground with a random day player filling in. I think he's been on it before, actually. Well, okay, but they couldn't but get it Hannah. it wasn't Hannah. They couldn't get Hannah, so. It's not, yeah, it's not the woman that we usually see as Hannah. Uh, but it turns out Castiel is locked out of heaven and needs to get in using alternative means. Alternative means. And then this pretty much returns us back. There's a little bit of content finding the uh, finding the psychic, but this basically brings us back to the seance to contact Bobby. I hope you don't mind me skipping over all of the. We found this guy. He was a teenager, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, he was so. I didn't love his character. I was like, why are you saying ass every three seconds? Like <laughs> it seemed, it seems weird. He was like too colorful in a way. I didn't understand where they were trying to go with that. He was weird. Yeah, I couldn't tell if he was supposed to be like, you know, if he was supposed to be James Randi, or if he was supposed to be uh, Kreskin, or just... right. It was like, are you trying something, or is this just bad on its own? <laughs> I, I kind of thought maybe was he was supposed deep. to be the amazing Randi, sort of. But really, I thought he was just bad. Yeah. Um, Sam fills in Bobby on everything and asks for his help, and Castiel tells him how to get out of his personal heaven. Um, this is the first time we're seeing, like, this bit of, um, not theology, but, like, like mythology, I guess, for this, right? Like, well, this I is mean, how we heaven saw, operates? So I mean, we, saw, we, saw, we saw a whole episode where they, like, traversed the entire length of heaven and visited what was supposedly their own personal heavens, and then um, they visited, um, what's his name? Was that? No, I'm thinking of, like, a hell thing, I think. The one where they were, like, in that fancy room? That The fancy room was just, just a fancy room. Oh, that was a the fancy room, that was a, that's with Zachariah. I know what you're yeah. talking about. Okay. Yeah, but no, um, the episode The episode where we saw the heaven was, they ended up in, visiting, what, what? what's the guy's name? The Ash, Ash. They ended up visiting Ash's heaven. Yeah, and also I think it's uh, yes, Dark Side of the Moon. Yes, um, is like a very big like brother episode. Um, but it's a little different. They relive, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's a little different because it's kind of more stream of consciousness, and they're flowing in and out of different moments and things like that. Whereas this one seems to be more like. This room is everything that I need it to be, so I'm happy here. Yep. I mean, it could be potentially explained away because uh, they do say that uh, at some point, either this episode or the next one, that that everything is more in order now, and this is the most ordered running of heaven that it's ever been. So this hallway full of rooms with doors on them and, th- and things like that might be uh, might be Hannah's doing, getting it all up and running the way the way that is more organized. 
Perhaps. I suspect we'll find out more. Oh, could be. Bobby's Heaven is among dozens of other Robert Singers and variants, and he breaks out most of those others as a distraction. Because, hey, if, you, if you're looking for a Bobby Singer, you can find him right there. And, and that one, too. And that one. And that one. And her. And him. <laughs> yep. And for some reason, they didn't have him flagged as a uh, potential issue. Oh, you mean since he knows the Winchesters so yeah, closely? Yeah, you, th- you, think, you think just knowing the Winchesters so closely, they would have been like, that's the Bobby Singer to keep an eye on. <laughs> True, you'd think. But perhaps they were overconfident in their ability to make heaven so perfect that you wouldn't want to leave. Well, leave your own personal area. Anyway. You're, yeah. yeah. Get to listen to Kenny Rogers. Sure. And Kenny's up there now, too. Aww. Aww. <laughs> uh, Bobby gets to door 42, which is the door to the playground, and lets Castiel in. How does he know it's door 42? Because Castiel said it's door 42. Castiel tells him, and Castiel says that number because Douglas Adams. Yes. Ah, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, gotcha. Had to be 42. Yeah. Uh, they locate Metatron, and Castiel brings him back to Earth. Did you miss him? No. Um, no, but I actually, so I, I did enjoy him in the next episode, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, then Sam immediately takes his grace and shoots him in the leg to torture him into telling how to remove the mark. Sam didn't take his grace. Castiel took his grace. No, Sam took his grace. No, Castiel. No. Anybody want to break this? (laughs) I think Castiel made the cut and Sam held the draw. Oh, okay, okay. So Sam was the one holding it. All right. Technicality. I guess. (laughs) They do it together. It's teamwork. teamwork. Because they're being they're being bad boys. Did you all feel like this was a little bit out of character for this team? A like, little bit, but he's not to be trusted, so No. Yeah. I was I mean, just sort of like, oh, we bad boys now, huh? Like <laughs> you're always upset at Dean for doing this kind of thing, but now now yeah. you're fine being all bang bang. And allegedly his uh, river begins at the source and everything was just mumbo-jumbo that he made up on the spot. Yep. And he has no idea how to remove the mark. I did like that. Because I felt like that was very in character for him. It was, but I was like, okay, so is this just the writer saying, well, I, we're not going that way after all. <laughs> <laughs> Retcon? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe it was always a red herring, or maybe it's a retcon. It feels like a retcon. But uh, he says he can't re- remove the mark, but he does know how to retrieve Castiel's grace. So what a deal. Um, meanwhile, Dean is on his own, and after pranking Sam a few times in his uh, in his room... Uh, he goes out and engages in some pool hustling against some cocky college guys. Yeah. I and did I'm, like when he was like, stay out of my room. 
Does does having the bunker mean that they have like some endless supply of cash as well, or do they still need to do credit card scams and pool hustling to make the money? Was this like old time's sake, or was he doing what he has to do still? Unclear. It made it, feel- it was surprising when Dean is like, "I have three hundred dollars in my pocket." <laughs> I was like, what? Maybe they've got some good patents or something. Well, I'd imagine there's all letters. kinds of stuff in those bunkers. It's probably like you know precious jewels or precious metals that are easily re- you know resellable. Yeah. But uh, they treasure they, trove. I don't think I've heard them talk about money for quite some time. What were you gonna say that? I assumed that the bunker just had like secret, like I don't know, like chests full of rubies or something that they'd been living on because they hadn't talked about it in so long. Secret bank accounts. Yeah, so offshore. Yeah, offshore bank accounts. Men of letters codes. <laughs> I mean, if the men of letters had just put a little bit of money aside into a bank account, it would have accrued a bunch of interest by now. Oh yeah, there's probably plenty to live on there. Yeah, they did. those men of letters. It the the scene felt like it was like a yeah I remember how to uh, how to hustle for pool hustle pool or something like that. You know, it was more like an old time sake kind of thing. Yep, is what it felt like. Uh, Rowena, having found out roughly where the men of letters bunker is, shows up because you know oh, it's no. one, of, one of the Rowena. towns nearby. And that's where we were like, oh, no, now. Yeah, we were like, like, oh, no, Bobby. Oh, no, Booger. Oh, no. Yeah, it was like a greatest bet. hits compilation. <laughs> uh, she immediately tries to spell Dean out of existence, but the mark prevents it. Uh, she then turns the pool opponents into attackers, and he fends them off and gets ready to kill her. But she says without her counter curse, the college kids will die giving him the chance to spare her and save them, as a hero would do. I can't say it with her contrived accent, but... Uh. <laughs> That's God. totally fine. Is it, isn't that actress, like, actually, like, Irish? Did we we look tried this? looking this up last time. I and forget what I... all we've looked up. We've looked okay. up her age. We've looked up... <laughs> I know that she's 40. Her... Accent though to me like is so insane. Like it sounds so fake and so wild. Maybe it's just super regional. Okay, then I'll buy that. That's good. Got it. That's all I needed. Or, or, I mean, as it well could as be ancient. It, and it could be like uh, like like Giles and Buffy does not speak with the accent that he's using on screen. So okay, I'm yeah. I'm gonna go with regional. I like that one. Yeah. You know what's funny is that I was thinking about Kendra's accent on Buffy. Oh God! <laughs> and how they were like, but it's just super regional. <laughs> oh my God, Kendra, that voice. Or Bianca Lawson, because it wasn't originally written that way, and they did that at the last minute, and it totally ruined that character. Oh, I know. It's so hard every time she's on screen. I'm just like, nope, nope, nope. Please stop. Please stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Meanwhile, on Supernatural, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she reports back to Crowley. Well, you know, goes back to the lair. Is that? Is, are they in hell or is it his lair? Like his on Earth lair, where the boys met him originally. I think it's in hell, isn't it? Not a lot of windows. There's some windows. I Not, 
I don't think we have any idea. Yeah, I'm trying to think. And I can't... I can't come up with anything definitive. Yeah. Where's the Men of Letters uh, library dungeon place? Where ca- uh, it's in Kansas. It's in Lebanon. Okay. So if that was the case, then we'd assume that also his on-Earth lair would have to be somewhere near there. Because Rowena got there so quickly, or would she have magicked there? Does she poof there? I don't know. Hard to say. Hmm. I think she just poofs. Does she have poof power? Sorry, that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Poof power. (laughs) Power. She's got full poof power. We don't know what power she has right now. She doesn't. I guess we'll get to that in a in a later episode. Yes, yeah, I was very spoilers confused for another by that. Air, Yeah, spoilers for another episode. But the poofing we saw in that is not necessarily real poofing. Yeah. God. It's poofing of a different sort. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. The poofing. Uh, we'll we'll get to that. It's we'll get to that all in this episode. It's not like it's a spoiler. Right. Unless you're. Unless you're listening to us do one episode and then pausing and then watching the next one. But who's doing that? I don't think anybody's doing that. I think everybody listening is pretty well versed in watching this. Yeah. Uh, But we're almost done with this episode. Yay. Uh, She reports back to Crowley after roughing herself up and says that Dean Winchester did it to her. Well, beating her up. Uh, Crowley and Dean resolve the conflict by talking together. And then Crowley kicks Rowena out. For good. And I was like, yay, bye Rowena. See you later, girl. Goodbye. And then go find your lucky charms. Sad. (laughs) Irritating how she she falsified all of that. Ugh. Why are you letting this be a plot point, writers of Supernatural? Especially when it's, you know, a a non-climactic resolution. Yeah. If you're already planning a non-climactic resolution, then I I don't know. I guess they had to get them together to talk, I guess. Oh, I was talking about Rowena faking assaults. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, it's like if the writers writers already knew that it was going to be a non-climactic... Res- resolution from it, then why bother? Really? Why bother? Yeah. But I guess analyzing her as a character and wondering why she's doing it, I guess, is a different thing. I'm, I'm, I'm too much of a. Why is the writer doing this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a figure outer. Sam has a letter that Cass gave him from Bobby, advising him not to work on removing the mark without including Dean. Yep. And Bobby is getting settled back into his heaven when three angels come standing around him. Yep. Okay, bye, Bobby. It was so good to have you back. Um, Too bad you're getting kicked out of heaven. Yeah. Goodbye now. (laughs) See you next year. (laughs) See you next year. None of you felt any... Any nostalgia for Bobby at all in this episode? Yeah, I, I liked mean, it. I didn't, but I really dislike Bobby, so I know I'm a, a lone wolf on that one. 
I mean, it was like, oh, hey, look, there he is. I knew they were going to do this. That's kind of where I was. But but I mean, for like who he was to the Winchesters and how they used to work as a team and how he was basically like their surrogate dad and all yeah. that. Yeah, I enjoyed all of that. Yeah, calling him son or whatever, yeah. I did like when he said he was like proud of him. Yeah. In that letter, that was sweet, and that would make me feel good. Yeah. 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 That the 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 letter speech. (laughs) Yeah. And I was worried for him, but we we kind of talked about it. Like, what is he? uh, What's at risk here? Is he going to end up in Metatron's cell? Basically, is or you know, I mean the, the. not likely to kick him out of heaven necessarily. I don't know. Yeah. So you all think he's gone? No. <laughs> I mean, like, do you think he's gone for this season? Yeah, I don't think you're going to see him again. How many more episodes do we have of this season? Do we know? Uh, um, there are 23 in this season, and this one we are discussing right now is number 17. Okay. So, in our so next no, I'm going to say definitely not back for this season. Yep. All right. All right. So we Carry get on. to uh, who wins, who loses. Uh, and I kind of, I kind of went with Dean winning, although possibly only because I know what happens with the Met- you know, how the Metatron plan goes for somebody else losing. For Sam losing, it's Sam. Sam kind of loses because of what happens later on in another episode. Mm. This one, I feel like Sam wins. I feel like Sam wins because he gets he gets like a power up in the form of encouragement from Bobby. <laughs> um, even though, like, he didn't succeed on the end resolution to, like, his brother's fix it. Like, he still was able to actually talk to Bobby for a few minutes and then to have, like, an artifact from him in the form of that letter. So, um, I think that's strengthening for him in a way. And that counts as, as a win of a kind. All right. Uh, what, do, what, what do other people think? Winning and losing. I'm gonna. I'm gonna also go with Sam because of the because of the Bobby recharge. Although, as we know, things will take a turn. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I'm willing to go back over and say Sam because of his uh, getting to getting to talk to Bobby directly and or, you know over the through the spirit medium or whatever but uh and getting a nice letter from him. wasn't exactly clear how he how he heard him it was through the, the, the radio <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the, the radio was how bobby heard but what, what was sam hearing was uh, it was a it psychic was uh, talking through, in bobby's voice it was probably through the hat and the candles right okay yeah i don't know you're right i don't know 
Was no, that's actually a really good point. I just was like, oh, okay, he's just he's just hearing it. Like, I don't know, in his brains or something, but it yeah, doesn't it actually make sense. I mean, I guess none <laughs> of it makes sense, but like... Uh, trucker had a phone. <laughs> Alright, so it sounds like we're all, all Sam. Are you Sam? Sure. Alright. All right. Do we want to rate? I, I did. I did put out a call for feedback pretty darn late, and uh, we haven't heard back from anybody at the time of recording. Not their fault. That's mine. So uh, uh, we could either quote or rate. A uh, quote or rate, I guess. If we need um, to quote. I don't think I, have I will quote for a moment. Um, I have two actually. So I'm not going to read the whole Bobby speech, but he, I will read part of the end. He says, you're a good man, Sam Winchester, one of the best, and I'm damn proud of you, son. I was content up here, but getting a call from you, it's the happiest I've been in forever, no matter what it costs. So stay safe, keep fighting, and kick it in the ass. That is Bobby. Nice. Yeah. And it's also uh, Kim Manners, correct? Kick it in the ass. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Kick uh, it in the ass is Kim Manners' uh, trademark uh, catchphrase on set. Yes. And he's he and he uh, he he has passed. In he the passed. Yeah. Timeline of uh, the uh, shooting of these. By yeah. The, by now. Um, and then, um. Another one is um, knock knock. Who's there? <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. Who are you? Cassiel says I'm an angel, and the psychic says you can't be. Cassiel says why not? He says because I'm an atheist. Like haha, not anymore. Yes, is what Sam replies. All right, are we ready to rate? Anybody want to lead off? Um, I'll go first. Okay. I I didn't really, well, as we all know, I didn't really love to see Bobby back, and I didn't need to see Booger back. Um, and I don't know. I thought this episode was, it was fine. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I did like the letter, though. I thought that was sweet. So I'm going to give this a 5 out of 10 evil skanks. <laughs> right. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, it was it was a good episode. I actually I, I enjoyed it, you know, um for the most part it was uh it was it was good to have lots of little things going on and it really kind of felt like it was mm, working up to something. So, uh I'm going to give it a uh, seven out of ten uh, Amber Crombie jerks. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I liked it. I, I liked it. I assume that they. Uh, I, wrote, I already said the part about uh, not keeping Bobby's involvement a secret, so there's no re- no big reveal. Uh, and I wasn't really even bothered really by the Boogertron element. We'll see how that carries on later, I guess. 
Uh, but I, I I enjoyed seeing Bobby, and I almost wish he had more of a role than just the uh, the the first act portion. Yeah, opening the door. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna give it eight and a half out of ten. Uh, Fraggletrons. No. <laughs> Damn it, Paul! <laughs> it was a very good show. <laughs> Why did you take? My rating system. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I was so close, so close. I'm not going to say anything. You better give her another one, Paul. <laughs> um, uh, this, um, this was okay. Uh, I will give it, I'd like, Darcy, you're right that stuff did get moved forward in this episode. So I'll have to acknowledge that um i will give this six and a half out of ten tory spelling biographies <laughs> that was funny i'm sorry i had three i had three i had three rating systems lined up just in case and i picked the the one i liked the most <laughs> but i did have uh i did have evil microsoft surfaces because i was like well you know microsoft oh, spent yeah. a, i was like microsoft spent a lot of money to get the surface tablet and then the operating system and everything on the screen mm-hmm. and i was like but but they do know that it was the evil. it was the side of it was hell there's a hell, hell. Minion, <laughs> a hell minion using it so uh, i don't know if yeah. that's really what i think that is true though <laughs> Oh boy! So that was that episode. That was that episode. Uh, next up. Oh wait, that gave that episode a six point six two five. Ah, all right. Okay. And now it's time to open my sparkling water. And actually, I'm going to run and be right back. Oh yes. yes. Okay, we'll take a moment. After these messages, we'll be right back. Dueling Genre Productions presents... Oh my god, do you see that? When a freak accident strikes McKinney City, ordinary citizens are given amazing abilities. I can move things with my mind. Oh my god, I'm flying. I can fly. I can teleport and I can fly. Super senses. What, like Daredevil? We are just playing fast and loose with this whole science thing today, aren't we? Now, there are villains. Billy, when you have an arch nemesis, do you just kill them immediately no you tie the ropes just loose enough so that they can keep escaping that way when you finally do win the day you can sleep well knowing that you rose to the challenge your brain works differently than other people's doesn't it and heroes Leah Markowitz, Gwendolyn Allen, Jeffrey Gibson, Lindy Gibson, Simon Holt, Splendid you're all here I'm going to make you all into superheroes screw it let's go save the day the powerful After I drain everyone here, McKinney City will be mine. I'm going to show this whole city what real passion truly is. And the underdogs. You're all imagining me as a singing, dancing chipmunk right now, aren't you? The people in that store need help, and we can help them in a way no one else can. We have great power, which means they're our responsibility. I mean, Jesus, what's the point of having five freaking Spider-Man movies if we can't even learn to do that? Geek by Night, an original podcast series about five friends running a comic book store with superpowers. You're really going to keep running a comic book shop while trying to be superheroes? It might not always be easy, but I think the world could use a few more underdogs. Available at DuelingGenre.com and podcast apps everywhere.
Perfect. All right. Um, hey, so the next episode is 1018, The Book of the Damned, which is which episode? Oh, this is the one where Charlie finds a book. <laughs> I guess it is. <laughs> That's what nerds do. They find books. <laughs> so according to Wikipedia, The Book of the Damned is actually the first published nonfiction work by American author Charles Fort, first edition, 1919. And Charles Fort was like the original In Search of Man. He was... Uh, he was uh, before Leonard Nimoy? Before Leonard Nimoy. Long before. Uh, the book concerned various types of anomalous phenomena including UFOs, strange falls of both organic and inorganic materials from the sky, odd weather patterns, the possible existence of creatures generally believed to be mythological, disappearances of people, and many other phenomena. I used to really love that show in search of. And he stated in the foreword that he called it the Book of the Damned because all of these phenomena were were damned or uh, shunned by the, the mass science at large. Hmm. And uh, he's he's the uh, the namesake behind the modern magazine uh, Fortean Times, which is uh, a magazine is about all that stuff. A magazine about uh, cryptozoology and uh, aliens and anything that's on the fringe of of uh, science or or not even science. Hmm, cool. So, but that's not what this book of the damned is apparently. So um, I, I was really freaked out when they talked about that the book was made from that like nun's flesh skin. Yeah, I was that like really got like it takes a lot, but I was like, Ugh. oh, I was like, oh, it's the hocus pocus book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what actually got me was not the fact that it was made from skin because that's such like a common fact about like early vellum (laughs) but the fact that it was all the fact that it was all her own and there were so many large pages i was like ah yeah (laughs) that's the part that got me graphed after that was she (laughs) a lot of the well it's all her own and she apparently made it so she had to like live off pieces of her own flesh for this yeah yeah most of the time when you hear about books they're usually bound in human flesh not actually like printed on it and yeah. it's usually someone who's who is like i want this book to be bound in my flesh after i'm gone yeah and it would take um okay i deal with skins every day um it would take probably to make a book like that it would take really a, a whole human if not a human and a half <laughs> yeah. oh damn okay no this is good insight i'm glad we got the <laughs> intel on this uh, and listeners, to be clear, Darcy is not a killer. That no. <laughs> I am not. I murderous. deal with 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 cow hides most of the time. So, but I, I'm pretty good at, at guessing how much you're going to need to make something. So, yeah, I had to do that for work too when I was in fashion. It gets bleak. Mm-hmm. So, Charlie has found the Book of the Damned, <laughs> which might hold the key to removing the mark of Cain. She has been shot, but stitched herself up and called the boys from near Des Moines. 
they send her to one of Bobby's nearby hunter cabins, and she warns them the men on her trail seem able to track the book itself. Yes. With a yes. fancy compass. The golden compass. <laughs> well, it was golden. And a compass. I know. <laughs> That's why I said that. <laughs> I did enjoy those books myself, so. The Golden Compass? Yes, I did. I had trouble with it. I, like, started it, and then I, like, just kind of abandoned it. Yeah, it was yeah. me, too. I've been meaning me to revisit them for years. I really got, like, it took a good portion of the first book to really get into it. But then after the the last two were super easy to, to get into. So I should revisit The Dean finds a warded and lead-lined box, which he hopes will shield the book, and they bring it to meet up with Charlie. Yeah, speaking of bunker treasures, <laughs> it's like, hey, guess what I found? A furnace, but it's fancy. <laughs> In our endless, convenient closet of items. Uh, meanwhile, Metatron is reveling in food with human perception while traveling with Cass. And they are attacked by a Cupid, and Metatron saves Cass from the attack. Because Metatron is okay. <laughs> God. <laughs> I don't know where I found you. <laughs> Theater. Yeah, I get oh. <laughs> explains so much. <laughs> oh, yep. On arriving at the cabin, Dean takes hold of the book and is sent immediately into a trance. Uh, which you know they they do break up. It's not like it's a permanent trance. It's not a it's not a first blade kind of trance. He has trances a lot these days, but it's but it's it's similar. It's 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 not as unbreakable as the first blade trance, but it seems to be somewhat as compelling, uh, especially later on. Yep. Uh, Charlie and Sam work on translating the book, and Dean works on identifying the pursuers because Charlie saw part of a tattoo of a crest of some kind. It's good to see Charlie back. Yes. I really like her hair. Oh, yeah, her hair looks super cute like that. Agreed. Cass and Metatron get to a library, which is where Metatron says Cass's grace is hidden. And he also says no one goes to libraries anymore. Hey. I know. I was like... I think somebody's going to take a <laughs> Rude. Rude. Also, it's just, like, not true. Like, I, I feel know. like every time I go to the library, it's, like, filled with people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I live, like, two blocks from the library. There's always people there. I don't get it. Yeah, our local branch is, uh, is closed entirely at the moment. I don't even know. I think the, the, the main branch is the only one that's actually doing the it curbside. Is. Uh, pickups and drop-offs. But that's... But yeah. it's a smaller town. I've made, yeah. The main branch is all they really need. For what? 90,000? 100,000? I think 
more like 70 something. Are we 70? Yeah, something? I thought I so. We're in 90. Oh, the metropolitan area is bigger. Oh, you're talking about people. I thought you guys were talking about books, and I was like, whoa. Oh. That's, that's people. So that's pretty <laughs> small town, really. That's a massive collection. That's a collection. <laughs> <laughs> My brain just did one. inventory two weeks ago, and we had over 8,000 items, and we're, you know, we're a sizable branch. So I was like, whoa. <laughs> that's huge. We have one book per person. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of nerd I am. My mind went straight to books. Straight to volumes. 8,000 is a lot, though. Yeah. That would yeah. fill... I'd fill every wall in this house. Oh, sure. Easy. Easily. It's not much of a house. We should work on that. <laughs> yeah, I know. We don't have a lot of print material. I mean, we have we have we what do. we've Upstairs. what we've moved along with us. But, yeah, we've uh, got we've got a lot. Yeah, I haven't acquired much up here. No, I quit buying books. Yeah, I mean, I have I have a few, but I don't really buy books anymore. I read online a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh so Cass tries to torture the info out of Metatron. To find his grace by pressing on his bullet wound. But Metatron says the grace is hidden based on clues, so he wouldn't know exactly where it was in case anyone ever tried to torture him for the information. Whatever. Or whatever. <laughs> they begin to search, but Metatron has been sec- secretly writing symbols in his blood. I'm jumping ahead just a tiny bit, but they, they, they do find some of the clues. But in the meantime, as they search uh, for the what might be the final book. Uh, Metatron has been secretly, re- secretly writing symbols in his blood. And when he activates that symbol string, it disables Cass. So much blood writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. It was like, oh yeah, I remember when people used to do that on the show constantly. <laughs> Big smeary angel banishing sigils and things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but he didn't banish him. He just uh, disabled him. I don't know why that, uh, you know, he, he easily could have drawn that uh, special symbol that banishes. But maybe he can't uh, activate it. No, we've seen, we've seen humans activate that. Yeah, we have. So I don't know. Anyway. Maybe he forgot that. Uh, well, it was, it was more fun to gloat at him about have, having found what he's really looking for, which is the demon tablet. Oh boy! Dun, dun, dun. Did you all it? remember that was a thing? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I did not. Yeah. <sighs> and Poor Kevin. Uh, but but Cass does figure out that the uh, clue was not actually just a clue to a title of another book, but it was actually a quote from Don Quixote. And finds his grace before Metatron can also take that. Metatron escapes as Cass restores himself. And he does the whole uh, whole uh, standing back and spreading the shadow wings. Those wings were not looking as good as they did back in that barn back in uh, Season 5. He's been through some stuff. He's been through some stuff. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Dean discovers who the Steins are. 
they used that book and spells like it, uh, spells like the book holds, to amass dark powers and gain riches. So they're kind of like warlocks? <laughs> sure. Like evil, like evil DuPonts, perhaps. <laughs> Yvette, um, <laughs> how how would you how would you rate the accent of this character in terms of authenticity? Southern authenticity. Yeah, it was. It felt uh, very Rowena esque to me. Well, like supposed, <laughs> he was supposed to be Cajun again, like Benny was. So Cajun accents never are correct on TV, and like I've sort of given up on ever expecting to hear them because they don't sound anything like anybody that like you would ever hear or expect to hear. I'd never even heard like authentic Cajun accents until I was like an adult and dating somebody that was from Acadiana and was like, holy shit, y'all sound wild out here. <laughs> like a wild. crazy, crazy accent. Cause it does sound like French. Like it sounds like medieval French because that's what it is. Yeah. Just weird. But huh. So I don't expect that. So it just sounded like a cheap, like kind of sucky southern accent. Yeah, it did not. But. It did not sound too Cajun to me. I don't know Cajun real well. I mean, all I have is distant memories of Justin Wilson cooking show in the eighties. Yeah, I guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and mainly, and mainly his commercials for uh, for, for chips. He did have the commercial. He did that. The commercial is what everybody knows. The I guarantee. But yes. but he did have a cooking show that used to be on. I think PBS. Yeah, it was on PBS. So yeah. So he, yes. There's the one point he's talking to Dean. He's like, you know what, boy? I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's a rock horn, leg horn. Who are you? <laughs> Yeah, so, sorry, I just I'll wanted say, to that. So, I should say that I do know a elderly man that sounds exactly like Foghorn Leghorn. Kind of <laughs> hilarious. He owns, like, a mansion on St. Charles Avenue, this, like, big, beautiful thing that his family's had for, like, a thousand bazillion years, and he sounds exactly like Foghorn Leghorn. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. Speaking yeah. of which, we've seen Knives Out now. Yay! Yay! Yay. <laughs> so good. It took us a minute, but we got yes, around. Yes, we got around to it. <laughs> it's fun. It was. It was like Clue, but different and better. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I took us yes. on. A... So, who the Steins are? He thinks the translation is now a bad idea, and he reminds Sam about the situation with Gadriel the previous year. And then, as the, after that argument sort of breaks up, breaks down a little bit, he decides to go for a drive. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, Sam and Charlie discuss that comment, and Sam reveals that he has now decided that he loves hunting and does not want to do it without his brother. Because he's had with, time to think. He's had with, time to think, and now he's like, yeah, okay, I do get it. With tears in his eyes, even. Mm. And out there in the world, Dean runs into Mr. Stein, and there's a confrontation. Stein finds the situation to be fate. But Dean escapes only after killing a very hard-to-kill henchman. So, essentially, in Supernatural land, you don't want to work in a convenience store. Yeah, it seems to be the case. It's not going to go Unless well. Unless you're Castiel. He well, loves it. Well, I know, but he didn't get killed. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but look, maybe we look at it, we've got the... Uh, 
got the hot cheese incident back in Leviathan times. Yes. Uh, we've got the the unfortunate situation last episode, last last uh, last episode of our broadcast. Or our oh podcast. yeah, with the two I know those poor gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, they got a good gig and. That's I forgot about it. that already. And apparently, Mr. Stein and his and his henchmen have been killing every single convenience store operator up and down the road. Mm-hmm. According to what he says. Mm. Annoying. Uh, Dean returns to the cabin, putting holy oil on the fire, and tells Sam to burn the book as Stein arrives at the cabin. Sam puts a bundle on the fire as Stein attacks, and they finally manage to kill Stein, and now it's all over. Or is it? <laughs> uh, Cass and Charlie finally meet each other for the first time. You can imagine really? That. Yes, apparently. Huh. Yeah, isn't that weird? That was crazy. I couldn't believe they had never met before. Because hmm. it's either it's either one or the other. <laughs> Uh, Cass heals her bullet wound and also as a bonus her carpal tunnel because he's back at full cast strength. Man, I need to see somebody about that. It doesn't work, Paul. <laughs> Get your hand off my forehead. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch <indeed>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in a flashback during some... Uh, dining scene at the bunker, it is revealed to us that Sam's actually switched out that book during that chaos, and he still has it. And when Stein was calling him a foolish boy, it was not, foolish boy, you're burning the book, but more, foolish boy, I saw what you did there. Mm-hmm. And my kin will continue to search for that book. Never stop. Yep. And, also meanwhile... Or, or later on. Uh, <laughs> uh, later, Sam secretly meets Rowena to cut a deal for her to translate the book and help remove the mark. Oh, jeez. No, no. I thought she'd packed her bags and left. <laughs> well, now she's seeking her revenge. Oh, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. She's all about the revenge. Revenge against Crowley. Or revenge against the men of letters. Revenge, revenge, revenge. They better look at She's the worst. I know. Hey, who wins or loses, Stars? Um... Nobody. Nobody? Nobody wins. Nobody wins. It might be losing some. Maybe everybody wins. Dean is still in the dark about the ultimate fate of the book and what's going on with the whole thing. And Sam, meanwhile, is joining up with uh, Evil Skank. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that convinced me. Sam is definitely not the winner because of this whole Evil Skank. So, Dean is. I don't, yeah. Yeah, it's it's true. Yeah, if it's a versus, it's Dean. But if it's uh, it could be a nobody. I'm going. Yeah, I think nobody might be fair, actually. Yeah, I was just trying to think. Like, did he actually? You know, Dean is still in the dark, so I don't think he's gonna win. So I'm yeah, I'm gonna say nobody. 
Does anybody have any stellar quotes of Bianca pretty much asking you? I didn't write down any quotes. <laughs> pretty I, sure Darcy didn't write down any quotes. No. I have a fun brief exchange. You know me and exchanges. Um, it, this is between Sam and Charlie. Sam says, uh, a while back we had the chance to close the gates of hell. And in order to do that, I would have had to die. And I was okay with that. And I am okay with that. But Dean was not. So he, Charlie says, he saved you. Yeah, he saved me. Charlie says, and let me guess. In doing so, he did something you didn't want that, that pissed you off. And you said something that hurt him. Sam, yeah, that sounds about right. Charlie says, brothers. Or the first nine seasons of this show up until now, basically. Yeah. So, I'm glad they put a, a, a bit of a lampshade on that for a moment. <sighs> Winchesters. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, uh, that's, that's all I'll say. Oh, and also, um, when Charlie and Cass meet, she's like, I thought you would be taller. <laughs> No, I thought you'd be shorter. Sorry. <laughs> I know. I thought that was a really... I was like, wait, why? <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure that people say that to him at conventions all the time because he's always up against Mr. Beanpole uh, uh, Sam. Yeah, that's probably why. <laughs> How tall is he? He's your height, isn't he? Um, I mean, he's not exactly a beanpole because he's not... Skinny, oh my god, but... I almost called him Misha Barton. What the hell is his name? Misha Collins. <laughs> Misha <laughs> Barton. <laughs> That's a different person. Because <laughs> um, Jared's like 6'5", right? I think so. I'm looking it up right now. Da, 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 da. Misha so. Collins is 5'11". Okay. Jensen Ackles is 6'1". And Jared Padalecki is 6'4". Okay. okay. Same height. So exactly so like Yeah. <laughs> so if I move some of this over to here and to here, I'd be just the same guy. You're just fine the way you are, sweetheart. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Don't need to change. <laughs> Whoa. I didn't know that. Ooh, do you have a hot tip? Something you can tell us? Or is it a secret? No, I can tell you. Um... I didn't know any of this, weirdly. Misha Collins was born in Boston, first of all. Um, <laughs> and his given name is Dimitri Tippins Krushnik. So why is he Misha Barton now? Misha Collins. Misha Collins. I know, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so how did he become Misha Barton? How did that happen? Um, well, Misha is a, is a common... Uh, Diminutive Russian name for for boy, I think. Mm-hmm. How did I not know that he's from Boston? What the hell? That's I'm trying so to like place which neighborhood he's from. His stage name is his great grandmother's maiden name. Oh, okay. Hmm. Is one it says. Whoa, his son's name is Wes Anaximander. Um, that's a weird name. <laughs> oh, we'll go with Wes. Wes is good. Yeah. No, West. West. Like the oh, direction. West. West Anaximander. We can't say anything. We got weird kid names, so. Sure. That's a mouthful. 
Anyway, he's 5'11". <laughs> and yeah, you're probably you probably hit the nail right on the head. Of, I thought you'd be shorter. I could I could try a rating last this time. And then I won't steal anybody's uh, rating system. Well, I'm probably stealing one of yours. Oh, you can take one of mine. I've got three I couldn't think of anything. I, I always, I always get more than one just in case you need something. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> I'll go first again. Okay. I liked seeing Charlie back, but I didn't really care for this storyline that much. Nonetheless, six and a half out of ten waffles. Ooh. Oh, waffles! Ew. That's a good one. There might have been ten waffles on that plate. Might have. It's a pretty big stack. It made me want waffles. I haven't had waffles in forever. Yeah. I haven't either. Now I kind of want them. Um, I'm gonna give this. This one was also. Okay, um, you can tell that there's a lot of setup happening here. Um, so I'm gonna give this six and a half boys out of ten. Okay, yeah, it was, it was, it was uh, moving along, you know, I appreciated that. Still wish Rowena would go away, but you know. It'll happen eventually. So I'm going to go with um, uh, six square feet out of ten skin pages. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that. Did, wait, did everybody else go? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 uh, I'm lost. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was an okay episode. I was, I was, I was saying okay as well. Uh, Metatron is actually kind of growing on me. Uh, is there an ointment for that? No. Okay. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, because I'm a big Put fan. Put some Windex on I'm it. a big fan going back to the 80s uh, with Moonlighting of Curtis Armstrong. So. Okay, well. So that's probably part of it. Go right ahead. Uh, the cast Metatron scenes were good, uh, other, than, other than knowing... You know, obviously there's a betrayal coming. Da-da-da. And hey, there was a betrayal coming. Hey, Because why wouldn't there be? Uh, I wasn't too compelled compelled by this latest MacGuffin, nor by the Steins, or the writing rating might end up higher than that I'm giving it. Uh, and then other than de- delivering the book, it didn't feel like Charlie was used real well. I just want to hear you say MacGuffin again. Oh, it, it's coming. Okay. <laughs> Uh, not this time, but the next episode there'll be more MacGuffin. <laughs> good, good. Um, and then I did like how the non-burning of the book was foreshadowed in the Paint It Black episode. Was it? Yeah, because there was there was uh, Dean shouting, "Sam, burn it, burn it, burn it, burn that book!" And Sam saying, "No, I'm not going to burn the book. I'm going to use it for the information." And it ended up being that. Uh, Sam saved that book, and it became a useful part of why they, how they were able to defeat the ghost. Wow, good job, Paul. I do not remember that at all. I didn't remember that. But okay. that really, that really only raises up that episode uh, and its foreshadowing, rather than uh, raising up anything in this episode. So I'm only giving it uh, six point five out of ten. Messy Metatron movements. <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> Oh no! 
<laughs> as long as it's nothing like the Dirty Hedgehog. It sounds like it might have been similar. With your weird bodily rating systems, you got poop and skin. He looks like he's a hairy, hairy guy, you know, and when you're hairy, it, it gets worse. I, I don't want to know about this. It's just... <laughs> Stop it. Stop it now. Uh, well, then we can move on to the next episode. Let's do that. We can do that. Move along. Moving. That one is episode Stop 19. It. <laughs> Stop moving it. along. Yeah, it's it's episode 1019, The Werther Project, which is which one? This is the one with a bunch of old-timey flashbacks. <laughs> I mean, flashbacks. flashbacks. <laughs> All right. I, the, uh, so the fascinating fact that came up with this one is that Werther's original car- caramel hard candies were introduced by the August Store Company, who still makes them today, although now in Halle, instead of the namesake town of Werther. Oh, oh great. But then, <laughs> I love those the, candies. They're delicious. But then looking at Supernatural Wiki, Supernatural Wiki says the Werther effect describes a copycat suicide phenomenon named after a novel by Goethe. Hmm. Hmm. I think it's the candy. Hmm. I'll go with candy. I like that. Sweet candy. Precious Venus. Stop. (laughs) So y'all, this was a confusing one. I was genuinely confused by like a lot of this episode, and I don't know why. It okay. was, there was a lot of stuff. Is this the one where we had to go back and, like, rewatch part of it? Yeah, we, we I think this was the one where we, where we started out watching it, and we, I might have been, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I think we had to go back, because we're like, there's, there's a whole lot of stuff being said, over. and we're not following, and, Yeah. yeah. So, in 1973, St. Louis, a girl goes to the basement of her house knocks out a wall in frustration and discovers an arcane-looking box. Because everybody does that, and she wasn't going to get in trouble for that. Well, she was she was at the at her wit's end with her family and, and laundry, apparently. And her laundry. And her, well, I mean, she was, she was being told to do women's work, and she was... Well, you know. She had new ideals. Is it... Yeah, she's like... Work, or is that, it everyone's work? None of that Betty Friedan talk. <laughs> I was like, oh god. <sighs> and the and they were doing work down there. They did say the workmen had left for the day, so uh so that wall was already all fresh and exposed and she just wanted to take out her aggressions. Her her feelings of frustration on something. Her pants were really cute. Yes. Yeah, they were. I was like, those are so fantastic. Yeah, I would wear those right now. They're very cute. Yeah. She tries to open the mystery box, and with a bang, some kind of spell spirit is released, knocking her out and causing her entire family to commit suicide. That's pretty harsh. Yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. In the present... Kind of following up directly on the very end of last episode, Rowena forms a pact with Sam. She will work to decipher a spell from the Book of the Damned to remove the mark uh, from Dean. And Sam, meanwhile, will kill Crowley. Right. And they're all, like, 
totally convinced it's going to work out, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, why couldn't she just kill him? I don't get... I don't, I don't get, get why she didn't kill him either. Yeah, I don't know. He won't Let's... expect it coming from Sam. They're buds. They are not. But what does it matter if he expects it to sneak on it, sneak up on him and, like, murder him? Yeah. She's a witch. I thought she had powers. That's what they do. They get sneaky. Yeah, what... what uh... What episode of Supernatural Witches hasn't had sneaky witches doing things with us? I know, they're stealthy. They're cunning. That's what they do. I mean, I'm sure he sweeps his rooms for hex bags automatically, you know, before going into every time, but... Uh, well, not everybody. Yeah. Uh, but she cannot retranslate without a codex that was written by a Grand Coven Witch. A codex that was stolen. By the men of letters. Yeah. All connected. Huh? Sam works out that that codex was hidden away from the men of letters by Cuthbert Sinclair, who later went by Magnus and was the holder of the first blade last season. Did you remember him when I said, oh, hey, that guy? Vaguely. Did you remember him, Yvette? Certainly not. <laughs> Absolutely now. Dean has that half a line where he's like, oh right, that guy who tried to add me to his zoo. Yeah, that that part of that that plot element I didn't remember. <laughs> but I did did remember that he had the uh the first blade. Mm -hmm. He was aware he was where they got it. That was uh, that was as much as I remembered. Yeah, he was a collector. I remember the the collector's lair. Yeah. With the with the doors that disappeared and yeah all of that that part was interesting. Uh, Magnus placed placed that codex in something called the Werther box, which his fellow men of letters died attempting to open. And then after that men of letter after those men of letters were wiped out by Abaddon, that box was walled up in the St. Louis house. From the teaser. Gorgeous house, by the way. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, it was. One of Vancouver's best. <laughs> yeah, I kept, like, every time they were, like, doing any outside shots of it, I was very excited. I also, just this uh, this episode, noticed that the Men of Letters library is, like, Art Deco, which is intriguing. Yeah. yeah. Didn't, I didn't notice that before. Hmm. Hmm. You're going for a vibe with them. And they have the risk table. <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, Sam is caught trying to break into the house by Susie, the girl from the suicide family. Sorry for that. Uh, who has lived there ever since the 1973 incident. And Dean has followed Sam there and cons his way into the house as a distraction. Okay, so I was thinking... Um... Because they, you know, she kind of got into some stuff. She was talking about how things went. So where did she do her laundry if she couldn't go in the basement? Well, it's, she might have gone to the basement. Yeah, that's right. The basement was all locked up. Yeah, laundromat. She had to go to the laundromat? Like, all those years? Sure. Yeah, it's, I can confirm that it sucks. <laughs> I know. I, I did it for a long time as well. So. Yeah, it does suck. Especially when it's humid outside and you have to wear a mask on and you can't stand inside the laundromat 
because they won't let you stay in there, close quarters, near one another. So you have to stand around outside, but then it starts to rain because it's misty and humid. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that sounds horrible. So sorry. Yeah, I, sorry. I just did it yesterday. <laughs> so <laughs> the pain is fresh in my mind. <laughs> At least the one that I almost had to go to while our washer was was uh, broken. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a parking lot. You know, you you drive. I mean, you, you know, it's Duluth, so you drive your car to the parking lot. You sit in your car. You put your laundry in. You go back to your car, and then. Uh, right. Yeah. We were lucky that it was it was nice weather, so we were able to dry stuff outside. Well, yeah, and also I didn't have to use it because yeah. we got the delivery of the machine. Yay! Yay! Uh, you know okay. what I appreciated? I'm probably skipping ahead a little bit, but how like Dean's like, "Oh, I'm from Neighborhood Watch," and she's listening. She's listening. She's like, "Do you want some tea?" She's listening, and then she's like, "All right, buddy, I might be socially awkward, but I'm not a." I'm not stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> no one comes to my house, and then the two of you suddenly come within an hour. Like, get real. Because um, I was, I was, I couldn't remember how it all shook out. How like they break the illusion, basically, of like right. pretending to be other people. And I was like, oh, good. Yeah, so while uh, while Dean distracts her, Sam goes to the basement and tries to enact a counter curse that Rowena had recommended, although she claimed it was often ineffective when wielded by a novice, and he had declined to let her come along. Susie works out what's happening. So there, there we are. We're, we're, yeah. we're all caught up. You didn't jump ahead much. Uh, Susie works out what is happening, but, is too, but it is too late as Sam has failed to nullify the curse which drifts upstairs and infects Susie and Dean. Uh, she is confronted by apparent ghosts of her family blaming her and ultimately causing her to kill herself. Uh, at which point Sam is then confronted by an apparition of Susie until it is dismissed by Rowena, who has also tracked Sam down uh, somehow. I, I know this isn't the point of the episode, but they never, like, address, like, how this woman, like, lived or anything, right? Like, we know she lived in that house. Like, and... how did she survive, you mean? Yeah. Like, where does she get money for food and stuff? Or, like, all that stuff she had hoarded. And all of that laundry she has to go to. That's expensive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They never talk about that, right? Like, I didn't miss no. it. Maybe okay. the dad had some money set well, aside. I mean, they said that her aunt came for a few years. Yeah. But she's been alone since, like, 80. But does that mean, like, she's... Did, did, I mean, has she been just staying in that house the whole time, hold up? Or has she actually just been going to a, a, a dull 9-to-5 and then going to the laundromat after and then she's staying there? Walmart. I mean, <laughs> they didn't say what day of the week it was. Maybe she, maybe she does work. <laughs> It, it didn't say, yeah. She didn't right. say she was, She's she didn't say job. she only lived there and didn't okay. do anything else. I don't know. But I, I got, like, that... overly caught up in it. Like, where I was, like, so does she, I, that's what I was thinking. Like, so does she have a job? Does she go to the convenience store? Like, where did she get all this stuff that she's hoarded? Like, she looks like a fairly normal person, so she must be still, like, brushing her hair and taking a shower. So she must be paying the bills somehow. I don't know why, like, it got, it really got to me. That was like, how is this woman living if she... Because that's how interesting this episode was. 
Yeah, I think that's true. You were like, hmm, let me come up with these (laughs) other narratives because what they're giving me is boring. Yeah, it was boring. Meanwhile, Dean has been affected by making him believe he is back in purgatory where Leviathan attacks and it's killed by our other Cajun speaker, Benny. (laughs) (laughs) Bringing them all back. Benny Lafitte. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, Dean is really, able to, yeah, yeah. Dean is able to work out that it's not actually Benny, and they have a long dialogue while walking around Purgatory. Did I say long dialogue? They have a dialogue while walking around Purgatory. Eventually, Benny makes the pitch for Dean taking himself out. In the vision with Benny's axe and a broken gin bottle in the real world, but it cannot work. The mark prevents it just as it prevented Rowena's spell from working in the last episode. And he snaps out of it. Snap out of it. Snap out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Sam and Rowena have worked out that the box will only safely open when sated with legacy blood. And he has been Mm -hmm. bleeding himself into a basin on the box. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Legacy blood. Did I say it funny? Yeah, Yeah, you did. Awesome. (laughs) In a world. When Dean finds him, Sam is weak and faint from blood loss, and Dean takes over, bleeding himself as well, until the box is neutralized, and it opens. Rowena vanishes, having been a Werther illusion for Sam, and never actually there. Yay, she wasn't really there. She wasn't really there. That was actually my, that was like a good part. of the. I was like, oh, okay, that's like a nice little twist. That's cool. Yeah. Because I definitely thought she was there. Yeah. You know, it was weird that she showed up. Yeah, that I mean, Dean had Dean had done the Hardy Boys thing with the etching on the pad, but uh, Rowena, so how did... I mean, there, there, there's yeah. no answer, because there doesn't have to be, but... Other than she's a witch, and she she's can witch. poof in and out. But do, can she? Does she have poof powers? <laughs> she must. Because this poofing was a different kind of poofing. Sorry, I did that last time. <laughs> Ah, Dean destroys the box. They take the codex, Sam saying, for safekeeping. But Sam instead brings it to Rowena and then chains her up, saying she will work out the spell from the mark for him before she can be released. Yay, more of her. (laughs) But at least she's on a chain. More secrets. It's bondage, Rowena. Oh, boy. Yay. Doesn't get any better than that, does it? Um. (laughs) (laughs) So we can go for who wins, who loses, if we wish. Okay. Hmm. Uh, I went with, uh, I'll I'll say it exactly like I have it written. Dean wins, uh, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, Sam definitely loses because he almost bleeds out. And he gets hoodwinked by vision <laughs> that he can't escape. But, yeah. Dean, I mean, but Dean broke out of the delusion so that and rescued Sam, but Dean did break out of the re- delusion because of the mark on his arm, not because he had willpower or something. Yeah. And uh, he's still in the dark about why, you know, he, he didn't know what this, this relic was. They just uh, took that codex out of there for safekeeping as far as he knows. Does he really think that, though? I don't know. He's smarter than that. I don't know. Is he, seems he, though? Like, he seems like he really doesn't know what's going on. 
Um, I just want to point out real quick that the amount of blood that he lost was not that much. Like I know. I, I donated blood a couple weeks ago, and I was like, I don't think you would pass out from that little amount of blood loss. Like, that seems like a really tiny amount. He, yeah. I, it drives me really batty when people in movies and film cut themselves in such important spots on their body. Like, why are you cutting the inside of your wrist? Why are you cutting the palm of your hand to squeeze a drop of blood? Just, like, slit open your thumb. Slit your pinky. Like, (laughs) don't do that. You're gonna need the palm of your hand. (laughs) Or, you know, maybe go somewhere that doesn't have as many nerves, like your knee or... Right, like do it in your calf. Well, I mean, I think the I think the palm of the hand is nice and showy for the for the the movie's knife that lets out the blood. Yeah. I mean, in terms of filmmaking, it's a nice broad space where you can just run that 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 uh, blunt knife with the. Uh, and everybody's the cut channel. their their hand. They know what it feels like. Yeah, so right? everybody can. Every, you can still get everybody going. Ooh, I remember when I cut my. Hand. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Has everybody cut their hand? Are you done? done? Sorry, (laughs) my cat is being so annoying right now. Um, That's not me yelling at any of you. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. We're done. We're done. (laughs) No, she's like, she's just, she's got weird night energy where she keeps running around. She's been like, stepping all over this plastic bag just to annoy me and every time I try to get the bag she's like you can't take the bag and then I'm like fine have the damn bag then I get back in the bed and then she comes up here to like mess around with stuff on my nightstand she's just she's just being irritating <laughs> she just she actually just wants you to pay attention to her that's what it is right now she's lying on top of one of my shoes with both of her paws inside the shoe Oh, that's cute. cute. <laughs> yeah. So. She has claimed the shoe. Yeah, so I'm sorry. I just had a bit of a cat mom tantrum. <laughs> Are you done? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, like, I we all have animals. It's like, you know what it's like when that moment happens. <sighs> Indeed. I don't know who I cut off. I'm sorry. Oh no, no. Uh, so does uh, does Benny say something especially profound, or or anybody else something quotable? Um. Wait, I have almost a quote, but oh, not really. Good, good. Go for so it. So when the hoarder like lady is trying to describe Sam, she says that he's like tall with pretty hair. <laughs> Yeah, that's a quote. That was good, yeah. And I was like, no, what what are you looking at? What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, that's reminding me of a really good quote in a later season. Well, should we rate? We should. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give this 5 out of 10 wispy green smoke curses. Because whatever. I was also confused at this episode and I turned it back one time and then I still was distracted and 
missed what was happening a second time. And I was like, you know what? It's only Benny. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not impressed by this one. Yeah, I don't know. I I liked the I liked the house. I liked the the character of the 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 girl into a woman. Um, I liked the the spell that was on the box. I liked that part of it. The rest of it, meh, whatever. Um, so I will give it um, uh, six gallons out of ten of Legacy Blood. Yeah. <laughs> you see, the, the Legacy Blood all all drained into those channels on front of the box, so you no. can't really tell how much it went into it. It wasn't even a pint. There wasn't even a pint. Yeah, in no, there. No, he'd been there for a long time. Dean, Dean was in alleged purgatory for a long, long time. No, and... it was like fifteen minutes, and it wasn't even a pint. And 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 the and the uh, and and the bugs went away at dawn because <laughs> <sighs> of time. Time indeed. Uh, okay. Um. Uh, anybody else want to rate before me so I don't steal anybody's? I'll go. Just to say, it was boring. Um, I'm still confused over whether this woman was, like, housebound or just lived in that house for a long time, which would be really nice. Although expensive to upkeep because it's so large. Anyway, I liked that Rowena wasn't real in this episode, even though she was still there. Four out of ten hard candies. I, you know, I'm not personally affected by suicide plot lines, but it really felt like this was a super triggery episode for somebody, probably. I'm sure, yeah. I mean, it's all about a lot lot of suicides and a lot of uh, here's why you should kill yourself. and Yeah. And then, as I mentioned, Sam, or no, Dean is the one that cuts across his wrist for no reason. You know, you know. Yeah, it's purpose. But it's still like, <sighs> uh, and so, and meanwhile, uh, I think aside from providing a home base, the Men of Letters plot elements are really underused on the show. So I did like that they returned to that particular mythology in this episode, and I also appreciated that it kind of grays grays up the Men of Letters a little bit. They're not exactly responsible for the fate of the family, but the continued existence of the box doesn't really feel, like, honorable. Beige um, men of letters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, they 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 have integrated Rowena more directly into the Winchester story, but I still feel like she's a silly addition to the show in general, so that's not necessarily great. Mm-mm. Not good. I'm giving it a 5.5 out of 10... Mm. MacGuffins used to translate other MacGuffins. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. <laughs> Twice. Metaguffins. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> what does that math do for us? That gives us... Not very good. It's a 5.2. Which, actually, that seems high. Did I do that right? Yeah. No. no, I guess that's about right. That's no, right. I think that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that was right. So that's these three episodes. Um, what's the assignment for next time? Next time is our last cluster. 
It is episode 20, Angel Heart. Episode 21, Dark Dynasty. And episode 22, The Prisoner. Sweet. All right. So since this is leading up to the season 10 finale, I would like to hear from you all. What do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to be the final crescendo? We have a couple of antagonists at play. Which one do we think is going to be the big bad towards the end? Where are the brothers going to end up at the end of this season? Okay, here's my prediction. Are you ready? Yes. I think that Dean is going to kill Sam and Cass, but Crowley is going to bring him back. Wow. Ooh. Okay. Uh, I was I, I was meanwhile sitting over here going, Angel Heart, is that the one with Lisa Bonet and Mike, Mickey Rourke? <laughs> <laughs> ah, which I believe it is. But, um, yeah, I think uh, out of all these things, I mean, there's these steins that are re- introduced right at the end here. Uh, and that book is still something that's going to be of interest to them. But I can't see them being like the big bad. I don't want to see Rowena as the big Well, he bad. died. Well, but he said his kin was going to continue to to hunt for that book. It's kind of like the, uh, you know, it's basically the whole thing where it's like, okay, yes, well, you can kill one of us, but uh, we'll, we'll bring a, a hundred if that need to be, and if we a hundred won't do, then a thousand will do, that sort of thing. They're going to run out, but at any rate. Yeah, I think so. I think another Stein will come back sometime in this season with that book still being in play. Uh, but I don't. I still think that's a side a side thing uh, altogether in the whole theme. I think I think Rowena's the big bad. I think Metatron's gone until next season. I think he's like I, I'm off with the Demon Tablet, but he's not actually going to be integral in the in the in the end of the season. I think you think I think he's a a, a season eleven interest in my opinion. Okay, but those are the those are I mean because Crowley I don't see as a big bad for this for this season so it's got to be Rowena Stein or Metatron. Yvette, what do you think? I am gonna say that it we're gonna get a finale where Crowley does have to explicitly choose between the Winchesters and Rowena. We'll pick the Winchesters and we'll be forced to kill his own mother. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, I can see that. All right. And cool. I also think that Metatron won't be back uh, this season. I think we won't see him again until next next year or a, next a couple weeks from now, I guess. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah, because in theory, it's only two more recordings. So that's why it's like, you know, even though it's not the penultimate episode of the season... It's an arc, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. So I'm like, what do you know? How do you think this is all going to end? Um, yes, perhaps it'll be too obvious how it's all going to end by the time we finish this next cluster. Well, I mean, the the episode titles aren't that... Yeah, no. I mean, really. Ro- Rowena might be the prisoner. She uh, might be the angel heart. She might have a dark dynasty. She might have a dark dynasty. She might have. She might be the angel heart. She might be uh, 
dancing around naked with a cut-up chicken. <laughs> okay. I hope so. Sorry, that's the uh, the Lisa Bonet reference again. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> I figured. Hmm. Uh, okay, well, that's that's uh, those three episodes are what we're going to discuss next time. So uh, until we get to that, let's say uh, happy hunting. See ya. Bye. Happy hunting. Bye. You've been listening to Idgitcast from quadruplez.com. Join the discussion at facebook.com slash Idgitcast. We would love to hear from you. You can email us or send in an MP3 voice message. Please use the episode title as your subject line to help protect our newbies from spoilers. Our email address is idgitcastpodcast at gmail.com. The opening theme for Idgitcast is by Borrowed Trouble. You can find the band at borrowedtrouble.com. The lyrics and vocals are by Idgitcast founder Allie Jones, who you can learn all about by visiting imthewonderband.com. The closing music you are listening to even as I speak is Too Good, written and performed by Jack Mangan, and is used by his generous permission. You can find other music, writings, and discussions by Jack, as well as archives of his own deadpan podcast at jackmangan.com. You may wish to know more about the hosts of this show. Yvette can be heard as one of the hosts of Investigating Mars, a completed introcast about the TV series Veronica Mars, also available from quadruplez.com. And now, Yvette will tell you all about select movies from the Lifetime Network. Find out before you watch what movies have all the best people, who are the worst, who is killing who, and most of all, what, if anything, makes sense. Yvette presents this trove of information at moviesofalifetime.com. Bianca doesn't currently have projects available for you to find online, but all of us at Idgitcast encourage you to have a visit to your local public library. Darcy and I can also be heard on the Ghostlight Podcast, a completed intro cast for the television series Slings and Arrows. Slings and Arrows is on the Encore Plus YouTube channel, and you can hear our thoughts on the series on the Ghostlight Podcast at quadruplez.com. This is not Potential Cast. Why do I always want to say that? God. Um, you really want to be on Potential Cast instead of with us? Because <laughs> <laughs> I started a Buffy rewatch recently, and I've been listening to some of those episodes again. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, mm, 